This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and thanks for joining me on this Friday, August 31st edition of Investock, last day of the month. And, well, everybody here in our office at KPP Financial is ready for the Labor Day weekend. And if you're listening in California, I think it's safe to say or assume that maybe you have one more hour to go. But if you're located in the Midwest or the East, well, your, your Labor Day already started. Congratulations. If you are set to take a travel, get away, have fun kind of time this weekend, if you are hanging out closer to home like me, maybe you've got a family get-together planned. We don't. We're busy moving my uh, father-in-law into a new place this week. He's 92. So we're, he's, he's moving into a new place, and that's what uh, the family's going to be doing. But we'll probably still have a barbecue, end of summer barbecue on Monday maybe, hopefully. I hope you're doing that too. And no matter what, you know, you still have to look at your money. We all have to look at it, do we not? I'm Steve Peasley, and over the next few days, you may find that you have an hour or two to devote looking at your money, looking at your investment strategy. How has it been doing for you? How, how well are you doing? Would you like to make some performance improvements? Well, you have to come to the right place. That's what we're here for. This is Invest Talk, and our motto is Above Average Investing for the Average Investor. We're trying to improve your knowledge trying to make better decisions. And we, I try to make the model a reality by continuing the, our commitment, just in mind the KPP commitment to reason and common sense guidance. There's no tricks. There's no special, you know, secrets. There, there's no such thing. Every time someone brings up to me, well, I have this new, new uh, recipe to make money in it, and it's great. Uh, or you hear someone say, hey, on uh, buy my special trading platform or technical analysis stuff or fun, and you'll make millions of dollars. I always, why, if that's the case, why don't they do it themselves and make their millions upon millions of dollars instead of selling it to you? It makes no sense. So there is, is common sense guidance, reason. It's a, that's it. That's it. Common sense and reason and understanding the fundamentals, understanding the technicals of the stock market you're involved in. Now, you know it's Friday, and usually on Friday, it's the custom that I take uh, selected highlights from the KPP Premium Newsletter and talk to you about them. And I'm going to do that. And here's a, here's a fair warning. If you subscribe to our newsletter today, the cost is like $9 per month. However, if you wait, uh, it's going to cost more on October 1st. We're going to raise the prices on that. So, just letting you know. Now, Justin and I put a lot of work. Well, mostly it's me. <laughs> I put a lot of work in that newsletter each week. And it really gives you a week that was summary in a concise format. It also offers a look ahead and various processes and term explana explanations that every investor should know. All this value and subscriptions get it sent directly to their email inbox. Subscribers get it email form. And, of course, I highly recommend it. There's lots of financial news to talk about today. 
But let's go ahead and start the Q&A session. I'd like to get that started first, if we can. Here's a pre-recorded call that came in earlier on our Anytime Listener Line, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Tommy from San Jose. Uh, I never heard much about mid-cap funds, and I uh, was wondering what your take uh, was on it. I have a chunk of it in my 401, and uh, wondering what you thought. Like the show. Appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, you're talking about mid-cap mutual funds or mid-cap ETS. What is the, first, got to understand what that means. The word cap is short for capitalization, mid-capitalization. So there's small capitalization, capitalization stocks, mid-cap stocks, and large-cap stocks, okay? And he's saying we don't talk about mid-cap stocks very often, and we don't because, you know, I just don't get a lot of questions on them, but... I like the mid-cap space. Small caps are much more risky because they're small companies and they may have a harder time to make it through the next recession. Large caps companies, of course, are all steady and will be around and can survive recessions, but they don't have as much growth. They they can't because they're big. So I do like the mid-cap section of the market, mid-cap stock. So what is a capitalization? Well, it's a very simple formula. All you do is multiply the stock price times the shares, stock shares in the float. And that gives you the size of the company. Okay? And under a billion, under a billion is very, very small. A few hundred million is micro cap, really tiny. So mid cap is usually under maybe, you know, two, three billion, uh, from one to three billion, let's call it. By the way, there's no official number. There's no official definition of what small, mid, large cap are. Now, from about three, four billion to maybe six, seven, eight billion is the mid cap area. That's the mid cap. Anything over eight to ten billion, maybe, maybe uh, ten billion and up is large cap. And then you have, of course, what we call the mega cap stocks. And those are stocks like. 50, 100 billion and up, you know, huge, huge companies. And there's, they're out there. And think about it this way. Uh, Apple is a trillion dollar cap stock. So that's mega, mega cap. Amazon is close to that. Those are the gigantic. And, you know, we were talking about the FANG stocks, F-A-N-G with Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, and Google. Some of these are so, that group represents so much of the capitalization of the market, they push the indexes up and down all by themselves. So it distorts what's really happening underneath in the indexes. Kind of interesting. Huh? I think it's interesting. For me, it's interesting. Anyways. The KPP Premium Newsletter came out today. Always comes out. Try to get it out in the morning. Uh, in, uh, in my the first section, the market conditions section, I focus on the week that was. I mean, what what happened this week? And of course, the market rallied strongly this week on the trade deal with Mexico, and that's kind of you know, forcing the trade deal in Canada to come to to happen. You know, it, it, because of the. It, Canada and the U.S. want it to happen, especially with the terms we made with Mexico. Canada does not want to be left out. So, the, and the, I mentioned that the market has been was led this week by the FANG stocks, as it has been led all year long. Consumer sentiment 
is very, very high. Consumer confidence index is 18-year high. So uh, I mentioned that, and um, I also mentioned that that's where it was before the bear market of 2008. Just, just point it out. Valuations for stocks, however, are not at extremes. They're not at extreme highs. They're not. And this is in the newsletter. Corporate earnings of the last two quarters have helped greatly to keep a lid on the P.E. ratios. So they help bring down the valuations, the earnings, very strong earnings, corporate earnings, bring down the valuations so the, the stock market can have more room to run up. It can. And I think it does. In the portfolio management section, in the portfolio management section, I point out that you know history has taught us that stock market is not the best indicator of the future movement of the stock market. I'm talking about the stock market itself is not an in, a good indicator of what direction the market will continue to be necessarily. I'm not talking about the stock market is very good. There's a very tight relationship between the stock market and the, and the economic market. Uh, market the, so the stock market cycle and economic cycle. But the stock market itself is not necessarily a predictor of the stock market. Interesting stuff. We're heading into a break, everybody. I will finish the story on the other side. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I have good news for our Invest Talk listeners in Northern California. Already, I have, you know, there was good response to my round of portfolio review appointments that I just had this week, and it was so strong we had to set up some more. So we, we've set it for October 3rd. October 3rd. Yes, I will come back to San Jose on October 3rd for portfolio reviews. I'd enjoy meeting with you, but space is limited, so please register as soon as you can through investtalk.com. Our phone lines are open. I have answers to your questions, hopefully. So you can call me, 888-99-CHART. Thanks for listening to Invest Talk. Summer is sadly almost over. Say it isn't so. Well, at least we still have the Labor Day weekend. Question Have you subscribed to the Invest Talk podcast at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play? Please do. Then listen, rate, and review. This helps us improve our Invest Talk programming. And now, Steve's here, and he's ready for your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. This is the time to line up your calls. If you have some questions, I want to answer them. And I wanted to continue with the, you know, the, the last couple of sections of the newsletter. We have a section called the Stock Ideas, where I highlight at least two stock ideas. And uh, in this week's, I suggested you might want to consider some defensive moves, defensive moves, um, an ETF that provides uh, uh, a good spread of risk in utilities that I thought might be fairly defensive. That was one of them. And, you know, so and in the last section, Consumer Watch, I make some, some suggestions. There are things that you should purchase and not use cash. You should use a credit card because you have protections. You know, uh, like 
you know, and and some and many times, if you buy something with a credit card with a warranty, the credit card extends the warranty automatically. They have some some credit cards do that. So also, there's uh, you know, if you buy like tickets to an event, you know, a concert or something, and it and you buy them online and you use a credit card, well, you, you if the event if the tickets are fraud or fraudulent, the credit card will protect you from that. You just don't have to pay it. Pay cash and you can get, you know, you're, just, you're, you're, you're done. So there's reasons to use credit cards for certain things. I use a credit card to buy everything, by the way. Why do I use a credit card to buy everything? Because I get cash back rewards on it. Also, every year I get to look at what I spent, where all my money went. You know, what, what, so when I think about, think about retirement, it gives you a great budgeting tool in retirement because you know where your money's going. Of course, I pay off the balance every month. I don't carry a credit card balance. That's a big no-no. It's all in the newsletter, everybody. Easy to subscribe if you want it. You know, uh, and I suggest you subscribe soon before the price goes up. And I invite your financial investing questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. Love to talk to you. What's, our, what's going to be our featured talking point today? The U.S.-Canada NAFTA talks have resumed. You know, the Mexican ones have concluded now it's Canada you know so we're gonna talk about that at the end of the show also I want to discuss economic calendar this week what were some of the highlights and lowlights we'll talk about that and the VIX and the stock indexes are the VIX and stock indexes are waving a little red flag I want to talk about why and why should you not retire early I'm Steve Peasel, and I thank you for making time for InvestTalk. We do this show every weekday from 4 to 5 Pacific time. It is broadcast live in the San Francisco Bay Area at, on AM 1220 KDOW and is streamed live throughout InvestTalk.com. For now, let's keep the momentum going. Please call with your questions, 888-99-CHART. If you are the type of investor who has been self-managing your portfolio over a period of time, maybe five years, maybe 10 years or more, you might be satisfied with your progress. But if sometimes in the back of your mind, you wonder whether the personalized guidance of an experienced investment advisor could improve your performance, take a minute to reach out to Steve or Justin. You can get a message through to them at investtalk.com, or you can call their Dana Point, California office at KPP Financial. There's no obligation with an introductory connection. And now we are taking your financial and investment questions live. 888-99-CHART. Hello, Steve and Justin. This is Dan from Oregon. I do appreciate your show. Got a question on WDC. That's William David Charles. WDC, and I just like to have your financials on it. And what do you think of it? Thank you very much. Well, Western Digital has not been doing very well. Um, it's down uh, to what sixty-three dollars and twenty-four cents. It was a hundred and five dollars back in uh, March. And now it's sixty-three. Uh, the fundamentals look pretty decent, really. If you want to know the truth, they. There's, they're still growing in their sales, 6 to 9% for the last four quarters. 
Before that, though, this is one of the issues. Before that, they were growing their sales 30, 40, 50%. And so from that, you know, high lofty growth to a more reasoned growth, and the stock fell hard. Now, it's going to make an estimate for $11.79 this year, and then for $12.19 next year per share, and it's a $63 stock. It's cheap, isn't it? That is really, really cheap. What was that? Six? Uh, five PE? Pays a 3.2% dividend. It has some debt, that's, which is a concern. Um, and they're, they have a really high cash flow, 3.2% dividend. is pretty strong. The stock has fallen. I still in a downtrend. I don't think I would be a buyer of it at this point. If you own it, you might want to hold on to it. But I don't, you, you got to be careful. Could it be a value trap? Because um, in the most recent earnings release that they had, the earnings was weaker than they expected. So I'm just, I'm just a little concerned here. Uh, even though it's very, very inexpensive, I kind of like that. That's something I like. But I, you want to wait for the stock to stop falling, and it hasn't done that yet. It's still falling. So just wait if you want to be a buyer of it. Did you see what the market did today? Well, it was mixed. The Dow was down 22. The, S the, uh, the NASDAQ was up 21. And the S&P was flat. So basically the market didn't do anything today. Which, you know, that's okay. The market doesn't go up every day. Just doesn't. Um, let's talk about... NAFTA, that, you know, it's really not the NAFTA deal that's kind of been torn up. We they, There was an agreement this week with, uh, let me take you back further than that. Remember, we, we ta I talked about it on the radio, that uh, Trump was trying to negotiate and there's a trade war and he's going to try to negotiate all these deals individually with individual countries and Everybody was up in arms that he's going to you know, destroy world trade. It was all over the place. Investors were worried, but surprisingly, investors weren't worried nearly as much as the politicians out there. And now he has a deal with Mexico, and that's going to kind of force the deal with Canada very soon. might be as late as today. They might hear something today. But this is this Canadian Deal. The reason why it will probably happen much faster than the Mexican deal is because Canada does not want to be left out of the terms agreed to with Mexico because it could hurt Canadian workers. So they kind of want to be, you know, involved. They want to know what's going on. So I think you're going to find out maybe by this weekend they, there may be an agreement with Canada, but I don't think it's going to take long. And what does this point to? This points to better economic numbers in the future for the United States. Better, pr probably better, uh, better trade balance in the future. No one is fooling themselves that it's going to make our trade balance even. Or you know, even when we get an agreement, whatever that happens with China and the EU, whatever, no one is saying that it's going to make. You know, our deficit uh, tr with trading partners come back to being a flat or a positive. It's not. It's just going to shrink the gap, 
which is good. Remember, every time that we export, we buy stuff from from foreigners, and they and we buy more from foreigners than they buy from us, whatever we export. That takes away from GDP growth. It takes it's like sending money overseas. We just send it out. We send our wealth out to somebody else. Okay, that's what that means. So we want to have a better trade balance. It's desirable. Why we just accept the way it is in all these years, I don't understand that. I don't. But we did. On the Nest Invest Talk, an encore presentation, how do interest rates affect the stock market? Some sectors benefit from interest hikes, but the rate ripples through the economy and shakes things up. It's not a good thing for the economy long term. So if you missed this story, tune in Monday. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Our Invest Talk podcast continues. One of KPP Financial's solutions that help solve today's retirement puzzle is our balanced income portfolio. How do you get the income you need in retirement without the kind of risk that you don't feel comfortable with? That's what this program is all about, the balanced income portfolio from KPP Financial. And remember, as with each KPP program, the principles at KPP are invested right along with you. Would you like to know more about it, the balanced income portfolio? You can call 888-99-CHART and follow the prompts, or you can ask Steve about it directly. Just click on the Contact Steve button on investtalk.com. Now let's get back to the podcast. InvestTalk is made possible by KPP Financial, and we have good news for our Northern California listeners. Response to Steve Peasley's offer of a no-cost portfolio review was so strong this week that Steve is already scheduled to return to San Jose. The new date will be October 3rd. It's a Wednesday. Steve will be making time to sit down with investors in separate sessions where he can work with them to analyze their portfolio allocations and make suggestions on how to best improve their performance. Now, space is limited. Please register soon through investtalk.com. Mark your calendar, Wednesday, October 3rd. Steve Peasley returns to San Jose. Would you like to speak with Steve right now? He's here, and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Joe calling from New York. I have a question about an inherited IRA. Uh, actually, a couple of questions. How does a person know what the uh, required minimum distribution is? Because it has, as I understand it, they must be taken beginning in year one. And then second question is, if the beneficiary is under 59 and a half years old, does the 10% penalty apply? I'll listen on the podcast. Thanks a lot. Okay, when you inherit someone else's IRA, let's say you're young and they're older, okay, and passed away or, you know, they don't have to be. But when you inherit an, an IRA, th there's different rules that apply. And Uncle Sam wants its tax dollars. That's as simple as I can put it. So I am not an expert in this area. But you have to start taking that money very quickly. But you can spread it out over, I think, five years. Okay? 
you can spread the inheritance out over five years. This does not apply to spouses. Okay, um, it only applies to non-spouses. Again, so you know, so if you're 25 and your grandfather died and he, he bequeathed you his IRA money, an IRA, you, you know, you 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 have to start taking that money fairly soon. I mean, you, you'll have to check with an accountant, but I think it's within year one, like you mentioned. And no, there is no penalty. There's no penalty for taking out. But whatever you take out. You have to add to your ordinary income tax income that year and pay income tax on that inheritance. Okay, but I'm not sure about that either, really. As I think about it, um, it's just not my area of expertise. I haven't had one like that for years now. I haven't had someone inherit someone else's IRA for me to look up the rules. Also, the rules change all the time. So let's go to let's go to Chris in Walnut Creek. How you doing, Chris? I'm good. How you doing, Steve? Good. Is that you? Want to talk about cell gene? Yeah, I, I want to know what do you think about it. I mean, they've been down for the year. Um, I don't know if I should take a position in this type of the market. So, just want to see your opinion. I'm thinking about buying it. To be honest, <laughs> it's oh, been really? on my watch list. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. And I think it's put in the bottom. And bottom was like the high 70s, um, uh, low 80s. And that was June, July. And in August, it started to move up. And the yeah. only reason I'm hesitating, the only reason I'm hesitating, because I know we're moving into September, which is one of the most volatile months of the year. It's known for that. So I'm thinking on the next week, weakness uh, that we might get, I might be a buyer of it. Everybody else, for everybody else, sell jeans, C-E-L. G is the symbol. Celgene Corporation. Yep. Uh, it's out of right. Summit, New Jersey. Develops therapies to treat cancer, immune inflammatory diseases, regulating cells and genes and proteins. It's a $66 billion company, so it's a big cap company. Does not pay a dividend, which is kind of surprising, Chris, that they don't pay a dividend. But it's a 12 PE. They're going to make $10.60 next year, a 94-cent stock. So the PE next year is 910. What's the five-year range of the PE range? 9 to 33. Turn equity is 89%. That's huge. Huge. The why is it so cheap? Because there's a lot of debt, Chris. They carry a lot of debt. Uh, that That's why. Now, they have the cash flow to, to handle the debt, but it's pretty heavy debt load. So that's the scary part. Or also would be trading a lot more than where it was, where it is today. Just so you know, in 2017, it was $147. Yeah. 2016, yeah, 100, 127. 2015, it was $140. Making a lot less money per share. So, oh, okay. I, I like it. Okay? All right. Well, a lot. Appreciate, appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thanks, Chris. Celgene, C-E-L-G. C-E-L-G. Now, from time to time, I get very good email questions, and I got one today from a client, or a new client, actually. Um, for your podcast, my current investment income is sufficient to cover my retirement expenses. I know I have about 25% of my capital in cash. And my question is, should I invest this or put it in the bank at 1.5% and, and wait for a better entry point into the market? 
if you have the flexibility, you have you know you, the other seventy five percent invested. I have no problem with that twenty five percent staying in cash and waiting for a better opportunity in the market. I think you should do it. Don't be jumping in the market with a ton of money right now. Now, people are going to say, well, the market's really run up. It's done very good. Why wouldn't you think he should do that? Well, you've just answered the question. The market ran up and the market's done very good. <laughs> it, 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 it surprises me. People don't understand or people don't appreciate. When the market is expensive, when the market's done very well for a long period of time, that's when you're supposed to cut back. When the market's done terrible and it's been crushed, that's when you're supposed to invest. I always use this. Do you go to the store when they have when they're charging 25% more on all products, or do you go to the store and buy things when it's 25% off? The stock market is the same thing. It's a product. It's a stock. It's an ownership of a company. You want to buy it at a discount, or do you want to buy it at a premium? You want to buy at a discount. There's no rush, especially when it's, they're selling that kind of a premium. Now, I told you that I think the market still has a ways to go, and I think we're going to come into a September, which has a lot of volatility. But if you're talking about a broad concept of should I get into the market at this point, I would say, no, you can wait. wait. If you can wait, wait for the next recession. Year, two years, whenever it happens, wait, then buy. My problem is, is most people can't buy in the next recession because they're too scared. Don't let fear and greed control your decisions. Don't let fear or greed control your decisions. Don't. 888-99-CHART. I'm Steve Peasley, and you're listening to Invest Talk. An above-average investor understands the importance of diversification, and every investor who has been a regular Invest Talk listener has been taught to restrain emotions, fear and greed. Make you need to make common sense investing decisions without fear or greed being the drivers of your decisions. Further, Invest Talk listeners know to try to not try not known to try not to time the market. Okay, and you know you know the show we offer you know a commitment to reason and common sense guidance. I really want to do that. And I think you can do it. I think people can actually do it themselves if they have the time and the interest and the patience and want to learn. I think you can do it. You don't have to hire people like me. Of course, I want you to hire people like me. I want you to hire me. But I'm just saying you don't have to. You don't. If you have the time, the knowledge, the interest. Okay? It might not be simple, but it's not It's not impossible to learn. It's not. The phones are now open, everybody. Time to get your questions in. 888-99-CHART. This is Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where each Friday, subscribers to the KPP Premium Newsletter receive a concise and highly informative summary of the week's financial and investment news, and it's sent directly to their inbox. It really does give you a week that was roundup in a quick read. It also offers a look ahead and various process and term explanations that will be interesting to every investor. So you should be thinking about subscribing. The cost, now through September, is only $9 per month. 
If you act now, you'll stay ahead of the coming October price increase. You'll get targeted value formatted for fast consumption when you become a KPP Premium Newsletter subscriber at investtalk.com. InvestTalk Radio and the InvestTalk Podcast continue now. The phone lines are open. Steve's here and he's ready and waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Lee in San Jose. How you doing, Lee? Good, good, Steve. Thank you. Thank you for the call. Well, I had a question about TGN. Uh-huh. What, what's your uh, you question? Know, I've, held it for, I've held it for about three years, and it had some ups and downs. But uh, right now, I, I really don't understand what it's doing, what is, where it's going. Okay. This uh, GGN is a, a Gamco Global Gold Natural Resources, Inc. It is a closed-in investment in equity securities of companies engaged in gold and natural resource industries. So it's a commodity, commodity uh, ETF, ETN. It's, uh, so it's a closed-in fund, so it can sell at a premium or discount to the value of the assets it holds. I don't know whether it's at a premium or discount today. Uh, it pays a very high dividend, 12.2%. And I, you know, from it, that surprises me because those companies don't pay that kind of dividend. So where is that money coming from to pay 12%? It's a $4.91 stock. And I would suspect that they're paying back your own money and so when they do that, when a company does that, they can't grow their earnings because they're giving it back to you in the form of a dividend. So they can't grow. They have to sell the stocks to pay the dividend. Well, then you don't have the stocks that you, you're buying. And uh, this is not something that I would probably recommend. I'd have to look in deeper into the fund. But I, I don't really care for the concept that they're paying so high a dividend. Uh, if you're going to play commodities, I would rather you just play commodities, not worry about the dividend. And you can't, you can't, you, they're just, they can't afford that kind of dividend. So they've got the money's coming from somewhere. And I don't, you know, that they could borrow the money, they can issue new shares, but most likely they're just selling positions and paying back your own money. And that makes no sense to me. So I would, I would move out of this and go to something better. If you want to move into commodities, there's a lot of other commodity positions that are not closed-in funds. And I don't particularly care for the closed-in fund because it could be a, a, a sell at a discount or a premium to whatever the holdings are. So there's not a lot that recommends this to me. I would not. I would get out. Lee, appreciate the call. Thank you. Let's go to Yvonne in San Jose. How are you doing, Yvonne? Oh, hi. I'm doing fine. Thank you. Got a question? Can you hear me? Oh, yes, yes. yes. I want to know uh, when, two stocks, actually. One is uh, FHOP. I bought at very high, 160. And then now it's 140 something. I wonder whether I should just sell or should I keep it? Okay. Uh, S, that This is uh, uh, Shopify. <laughs> yes. S H O P. I F Y. 
uh, provides cloud-based commerce platforms for small and medium-sized businesses via subscription and merchant solutions. It's still growing very fast at sales, 60%, 62% last quarter. Quarter before that was 68%. Quarter before that was 71 So it's growing very fast in the sales. So earnings are moving up. They're going to make $0.19 cents a share. That's the estimate for this year. And then $0.59 cents a share next year. And that high growth tells you that you know it was a very popular stock. It's $145 stock today. It, was a, it got up to about $172, $173. Uh, but $0.59 cents a share is not nearly worth $145. But the growth rate is very, very impressive. And therefore, that's why it was trading at such a high, uh, a high PE. I mean, at 59 cents, the PE is 280, 280, 280 PE ratio. So that's pretty high. If you're, if it, is it worth it? Well, the growth rate is kind of telling us that it's worth high. You know, the number should be high, but I think it's. I, for me, I would never buy it because it's so expensive, Yvonne. Uh, it's too expensive for me, even with that kind of growth weight. But I would probably hold it, if I were you, until it broke below the 200-day moving average because it touched the 200-day moving average a couple of weeks ago and bounced off up. And that was $134. It's now 146 I think I'd wait for it to break below 134 and then I might give up on it because I think if they can maintain this sales growth, this is going higher. But I know, Lee, you have to know, Lee, that it's a very expensive stock okay, compared to a China. I see. Yeah. Okay. And why it would get crushed if the growth rate slows down, if growth rate starts to slow down, the stock will go down sharply. So keep an eye on the growth rate. That's what you, that's what you need to focus on. Thanks for the call, Lee. Uh, Yvonne, I appreciate it. Hard to believe, but our Friday, but our Friday, here comes Labor Day, you know. This Friday, it's, Friday's almost over. The show is just about over. Do not despair. You still got 10 minutes left in the program. So let's talk about how to grow your money, how you can make smart investment choices. Get your calls in, 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, an encore presentation. How do interest rates affect the stock market? Some sectors benefit from interest hikes, but rate ripples can certainly shake things up. If you missed this story, tune in Monday. And now, the countdown clock is ticking closer to the start of the Labor Day weekend. Steve Peasley is here, and you can get your calls in right now. 888-99-CHART. Hey, guys. Uh, Sam Buchanan, Charlotte. North Carolina. I have two quick questions for you guys. One, what do you think about AWX? I want to know about that stock in particular and, and if you think it's a good investment. And secondly, I recently began day trading and I want to know if you guys had any tips in particular that could help me uh, make the right calls in the morning too, for, for day trading. I love the show, guys, and thanks for your help. Uh, very interesting. Uh, AWX provides hazardous and non-hazardous waste brokerage management services, uh, landfill management services. 
this is a micro cap. Remember earlier we talked about the different sizes of company? So this is a really, really tiny company, $14 million. I would not buy this company with monopoly money, to be honest. I would not. They don't make any money. I don't buy companies that don't make money. So, and I would suggest that you not buy companies that don't make money. And if you're a day trader, just be forewarned. It's a great way to lose uh, a lot of money. Now, there are ways, there are methods that can improve your odds. And I'll give you a couple. If you send me an email and ask me a question about day trading, I'd be happy to answer in more detail. But one of the things when I was doing it, and I did it for about a year, and I actually made money. 70% of my trades were profitable, but it was so much work that I didn't want to do it. It's too much work for not enough profit. What I did notice is uh, my losses were always bigger than my gains. So even though I was 70% right, it didn't necessarily mean I made a lot of money. So... One of the things you can do if you're a day trader, one of the things that I did, and I learned at the, the, the I learned with Jerry Klein, my, my mentor, uh, he showed me how to do this, is that what you're looking for when you start the day, because that's what you asked about, is you're looking for a trade that the stock has plenty of liquidity and the volume of trades, the shares in the day, and gapped down or gapped up at the opening at the opening. So I was trading at $50 last night was the last trade and today is 45. It was down, you know, uh, 10% overnight. That's the more I, remember day traders looking for volatility. You're looking for that. And then you start using the minute charts, minute charts, and you're watching it every minute and you put on a position and then you add to the position. Then you add more of the position if it's working against you. If it continues to work against you, you add more. Driving your average price down, dollar cost averaging that price down on a day trade, that's what you do. Because then when it turns up, it doesn't have to turn up very much. But you're committing more and more and more money. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty, pretty rocky ride. It really is. Thing, something that's not right right now in the market is the VIX and the stock market index. What's not right? Usually when the stock market is bullish and going up, the volatility index goes down because people are getting more content, more happy with the market. They think everything's going right. So as the market goes up, the volatility, the VIX goes down. Right now, this week, the volatility of the market is the market's going up and the VIX is going up too. They do not perform in lockstep. They do not. You know when the last time that they did perform in lockstep? It was just before February's 10% correction. Now, don't get carried away. I'm not predicting that we're going to have a 10% correction. I'm just observing that, the, that these two things don't, the VIX does not go up and the stock market go up. That's unusual. When that happens, you know from an investor's point of view that something is different. This is not right. You don't know that that something means, it means this is going to happen. You just know that something's different. 
Then you look for clues as to what possibly could happen. It's hinting that people are getting more and more worried about the stocks as they go up. And that tends to mean that people are going to be quick to get out if, if it starts to roll. We'll see. We'll see. That's it for the week, everybody. Another Invest Talk radio show ready for the record books. If you want to replay any or all of today's program, you can. It's free. Check out our podcast player library at investtalk.com. And I want to thank you for listening today. And please have a great holiday weekend. And we'll see you on Tuesday. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.